welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Hey everybody, it's your girl Wayne Ruffin, and I pray all is well with everyone, and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for all your sisters and brothers in spirit, especially in these chaotic times, with the atmosphere being consumed with hatred and violence, and the never-ending wars and discord engulfing the world, and the constant uncertainty stressing the hearts and minds many of God's children. Let us make an extra effort to put more love into the atmosphere by leading with love in all that we do, by being more loving and compassionate with one another, and by being more patient and understanding at every opportunity given us. Why? Because our life is a blessing and our love is powerful, and the loving energy emanating from the life within us matters. And since we never know the day when the script will be flipped, let us begin to radiate more of the love and light of our mighty I Am Presence now and for the rest of our journey. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and light. And y'all be loved. The secret sayings that the Savior spoke to Judas Thomas which I, even I, Mathis, wrote down, while I was walking, listening to them speak with one another. The Savior said, Brother Thomas while you have time in the world, listen to me, and I will reveal to you the things you have pondered in your mind. Now, since it has been said that you are my twin and true companion, examine yourself, and learn who you are, in what way you exist, and how you will come to be. Since you will be called my brother, it is not fitting that you be ignorant of yourself. And I know that you have understood, because you had already understood that I am the knowledge of the truth. So, while you accompany me, although you are uncomprehending, you have, in fact, already come to know, and you will be called the one who knows himself. For he who has not known himself has known nothing, but he who has known himself has at the same time already achieved knowledge about the depth of the all. So then, you, my brother Thomas, have beheld what is obscure to men, that is, what they ignorantly stumble against. Now Thomas said to the Lord, Therefore I beg you to tell me what I ask you before your ascension, and when I hear from you about the hidden things, then I can speak about them. And it is obvious to me that the truth is difficult to perform before men. The Savior answered, saying, If the things that are visible to you are obscure to you, how can you hear about the things that are not visible? If the deeds of the truth that are visible in the world are difficult for you to perform, how indeed, then, shall you perform those that pertain to the exalted height and to the pleroma which are not visible? And how shall you be called laborers? In this respect you are apprentices and have not yet received the height of perfection. Now Thomas answered and said to the Savior, Tell us about these things that you say are not visible but are hidden from us. The Savior said, Every human body, like the beasts, is begotten irrational. Doesn't it appear like a creature erect, among other creatures? For this very reason, Those that are above do not appear among things that are visible, 
but they are visible in their own root, and it is their fruit that nourishes them. But these visible bodies survive by devouring creatures similar to them with the result that the bodies change. Now that which changes will decay and perish, and has no hope of life from then on, since that body is bestial. So just as the body of the beasts perishes, so also will these formations perish. Do they not derive from intercourse like that of the beasts? If it too derives from intercourse, how will it beget anything different from beasts? So, therefore, you are babes until you become perfect. And Thomas answered, Therefore I say to you, Lord, that those who speak about things that are invisible and difficult to explain are like those who shoot their arrows at a target at night. To be sure, they shoot their arrows as anyone would, since they shoot at the target, but it is not visible. Yet when the light comes forth and hides the darkness, then the work of each will appear. And you are light, enlighten, O Lord. Jesus said, It is in light that light exists. Thomas spoke, saying, Lord, why does this visible light that shines on behalf of men rise and set? The Savior said, O blessed Thomas, of course this visible light shines on your behalf, not in order that you remain here, but rather that you might come forth, and whenever all the elect abandon bestiality, then this light will withdraw up to its essence, and its essence will welcome it, since it is a good servant. It is said, everyone who seeks the truth from true wisdom will make himself wings so as to fly, fleeing the lust that scorches the spirits of men. And he will make himself wings to flee every visible spirit. And Thomas answered, saying, Lord, this is exactly what I am asking you about, since I have understood that you are the one who is beneficial to us, as you say. Again, the Savior answered and said, Therefore it is necessary for us to speak to you, since this is the doctrine of the perfect. If now, you desire to become perfect, you shall observe these things, if not, your name is ignorant, since it is impossible for an intelligent man to dwell with a fool, for the intelligent man is perfect in all wisdom. To the fool, however, the good and bad are the same, indeed the wise man will be nourished by the truth and, Psalm 1-3, will be like a tree growing by the meandering stream, seeing that there are some who, although having wings, rush upon the visible things, things that are far from the truth. Blessed is the wise man who sought after the truth, and when he found it, he rested upon it forever and was unafraid of those who wanted to disturb him. Thomas answered and said, It is beneficial for us, Lord, to rest among our own? The Savior said, Yes, it is useful. And it is good for you, since things visible among men will dissolve, for the vessel of their flesh will dissolve, and when it is brought to naught it will come to be among visible things, among things that are seen. Listen to what I am going to tell you and believe in the truth. That which sows and that which is sown will dissolve in the fire, within the fire and the water, and they will hide in tombs of darkness. And after a long time, they shall show forth the fruit of the evil trees, being punished, being slain in the mouth of beasts and men at the instigation of the rains and winds and air, and the light that shines above. Thomas replied, You have certainly persuaded us, Lord. We realize in our heart, and it is obvious, that this is so, and that your word is sufficient. The Savior answered and said, Truly I tell you that he who will listen to your word and turn away his face or sneer at it or smirk at these things, truly I tell you that he will be handed over to the ruler above who rules over all the powers as their king, and he will turn that one around and cast him from heaven down to the abyss, and he will be imprisoned in a narrow dark place. Moreover, he can neither turn nor move on account of the great depth of Tartaros, and the heavy bitterness of Hades that is steadfast. And they are drawn into it so that they will not escape. They will not put away their madness. 
and the people that will persecute you will be handed over to the angel Tartarachos, who bears whips of fire, pursuing them as fiery scourges cast a shower of sparks into the face of the one who is pursued. If he flees westward, he finds the fire. If he turns southward, he finds it there as well. If he turns northward, the threat of seething fire meets him again. Nor does he find the way to the east so as to flee there and be saved, for he did not find it in the day he was in the body, so that he might find it in the day of judgment. The Book of Thomas, The Contender Isis Unveiled, Volume 2, Chapter 3 Nazirate sect existed long before the laws of Moses, and originated among people most inimical to the chosen ones of Israel, viz., the people of Galilee, the ancient Alapodrida of idolatrous nations, where was built Nazareth, the present Nazareth. It is in Nazareth that the ancient Nazoria or Nazirates held their mysteries of life or assemblies, as the word now stands in the translation, which were but the secret mysteries of initiation, utterly distinct in their practical form from the popular mysteries which were held at Biblis in honor of Adonis. While the true initiates of the ostracized Galilee were worshipping the true God and enjoying transcendent visions, what were the chosen ones about? Ezekiel tells it to us, chapter 8, when, in describing what he saw, he says that the form of a hand took him by lock of his head and transported him from Chaldea unto Jerusalem. And there stood seventy men of the senators of the house of Israel. Son of man, hast thou seen what the ancients do in the dark? Inquires the Lord. At the door of the house of the Lord, behold there sat women weeping for Tammuz, Adonis. We really cannot suppose that the pagans have ever surpassed the chosen people in certain shameful abominations of which their own prophets accuse them so profusely. To admit this truth, one hardly needs even to be a Hebrew scholar, let him read the Bible in English and meditate over the language of the holy prophets. This accounts for the hatred of the later Nazarenes for the Orthodox Jews, followers of the exoteric Mosaic law, who are ever taunted by this sect with being the worshippers of Ierbo Adonai, or Lord Bacchus. Passing under the disguise of Adani Yacho, original text, Isaiah 61-1, Yeho and Lord Sabaoth, the Baal Adonis, or Bacchus, worshipped in the groves and public sods or mysteries, under the polishing hand of Ezra becomes finally the later valve Adonai of the Mesora, the one and supreme God of the Christians. Thou shalt not worship the son who is named Adonai, says the Codex of the Nazarenes, whose name is also Kadesh and Elel. This Adonai will elect to himself a nation and congregate in crowds, his worship will be exoteric, Jerusalem will become the refuge and city of the abortive, who shall perfect themselves, circumcise, with a sword, and shall adore Adonai. H.P. Blavatsky The oldest Nazarenes, who were the descendants of the scripture Nazars, and whose last prominent leader was John the Baptist, although never very orthodox in the sight of the scribes and Pharisees of Jerusalem were, nevertheless, respected and left unmolested. Even Herod feared the multitude because they regarded John as a prophet, Matthew 14, 5. But the followers of Jesus evidently adhered to a sect which became a still more exasperating thorn in their side. It appeared as a heresy within a heresy, for while the Nazars of the olden times, the sons of the prophet, were Chaldean Kabbalists, the adepts of the new dissenting sect showed themselves of reformers and innovators from the first. 
The great similitude traced by some critics between the rites and observances of the earliest Christians and those of the Essenes may be accounted for without the slightest difficulty. The Essenes, as we remarked just now, were the converts of Buddhist missionaries who had overrun Egypt, Greece, and even Judea at one time, since the reign of Ahsoka, the zealous propagandist, and while it is evidently to the Essenes that belongs the honor of having had the Nazarene reformer, Jesus, as a pupil, still the latter is found disagreeing with his early teachers on several questions of formal observance. He cannot strictly be called a Essene, for reasons which we will indicate further on, neither was he a Nazar or Nazare of the older sect. What Jesus was, may be found in the Codex Nazareus, in the unjust accusations of the Berdanian Gnostics. Jesus is Nebu, the false messiah, the destroyer of the old orthodox religion, say the Codex. He is the founder of the sect of the New Nazars, and, as the words clearly imply, a follower of the Buddhist doctrine. In Hebrew, the word Naba means to speak of inspiration, and Nebo, a god of wisdom. But Nebo is also Mercury, and Mercury is Buddha in the Hindu monogram of planets. Moreover, we find the Talmudists holding that Jesus was inspired by the genius of Mercury. The Nazarene reformer had undoubtedly belonged to one of these sects, though perhaps, it would be next to impossible to decide absolutely which. But what is self-evident is that he preached the philosophy of Buddha Shakyamuni. Denounced by the later prophets, cursed by the Sanhedrin, the Nazars, they were confounded with others of that name who separated themselves unto that shame, they were secretly, if not openly persecuted by the Orthodox synagogue. It becomes clear why Jesus was treated with such contempt from the first, and deprecatingly called the Galilean. Nathaniel inquires, can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? John 1:46, at the very beginning of his career, and merely because he knows him to be a Nazar. Does not this clearly hint, that even the older Nazars were not really Hebrew religionists, but rather a class of Chaldean theurgists? Besides, as the New Testament is noted for its mistranslations and transparent falsification of texts, we may justly suspect that the word Nazareth was substituted for that of Nazaria or Nazari. That it originally read can any good thing come from a Nazari or Nazarene, a follower of St. John the Baptist, with whom we see him associating from his first appearance on the stage of action, after having been lost sight of for a period of nearly 20 years. The blunders of the Old Testament are as nothing to those of the Gospels. Nothing shows better than these self-evident contradictions the system of pious fraud upon which the superstructure of the Messiahship rests. This is Elias which was for to come, says Matthew of John the Baptist, thus forcing an ancient Kabbalistic tradition into the frame of evidence, 11.14. But when addressing the Baptist himself, they ask him, John 1.21, Art thou Elias? And he saith I am not. Which knew best, John or his biographer? And which is divine revelation? H.P. Blavatsky The I Am Discourses, Volume 16 My dear ones, when you see people throughout your nation that are trying to hold to what is right, don't just feel sorry for them and hope that maybe God will protect them. Call legions of the angelic host and invincible power of the sacred fire to hold protection about them so they render their service for the nation and attain their victory. It's your privilege. You have the knowledge. The power has been given to you, but you must use it for all as well as yourselves. 
So whenever you see constructive activities, constructive people trying to accomplish something worthwhile, just as a natural habit, make your call for legions of the angelic host to blaze all the protection and all the blessings of the sacred fire in and around those individuals and their constructive activities to fulfill the great divine plan for the perfection of all. When it becomes necessary to shock mankind awake by certain conditions in the outer world, there must always be those who stand guard until the awakening takes place, and the removal of the hordes of evil moves into outer action to complete the final cleansing of the earth. And I assure you, in all that is coming ahead of you, the angelic host have a very powerful, important part, and would love to have your calls as much as possible. Applause, audience rising. Thank you precious ones. Won't you be seated please, and just remain so. Why do you suppose I am here tonight? Because when you called for the great central sun's legions of the sacred fire victory to come and fulfill your calls, or render the service that consumes hatred, I have a very important part to play in that. So, I am your partner. I am the partner of your beloved Master Jesus. I am the partner of your blessed Master Saint Germain and the beloved Godfrey, and if you don't mind, I hope you will always remember me as your partner in everything you do. Applause. Thank you so much, precious ones. You know, since I am the senior partner, you should yield to me. Laughter and applause. Thank you, precious ones. You see, I have already passed the way of earth, long centuries ago. I have been through the experiences of physical embodiment, but I didn't choose to be in distress. So, since I have kept out of it and have the desire to help you out of it, then my senior experience, which is cosmic power of the sacred fire that I have accumulated and drawn through the centuries, is now placed at your service to fulfill the great divine plan. But I must have your request. And the pathway on which the help comes is the ever-expanding love that draws back to you, all that love can give from the greater octaves of life's experience. Blessed ones, if you will use the sacred fire of our love, to send it forth into the shadows of the rest of the world, the sunshine may break in many places that will surprise all. And we are hoping to bring that as powerfully and as quickly as possible. And we can only bring it through those who want it, through those who call for it, through those who will use it. So we will come and knock at your door rather frequently in the immediate future, for we are needed very greatly in the outer world tonight. Applause. Thank you, blessed ones. Beloved Archangel Michael, 